Stereo. Inspiration. Hey everyone, welcome back to Unchained Inspiration. I'm your host, Reese Seven. Today's link in the chain is titled, Confidence is Key. Last week, we sat down in studio with my good friend, Chris Lytle, and we were just, I had to interrupt the conversation because I know that good marketing and everything is to kind of give you a hook. So you want to come back and find out what the rest of the story is. And so we were just down in Honduras. Uh, Chris had just bought a bar down there and things were going sideways. And it was really an interesting situation where he was led to believe that everything was good. The books that he had been presented were excellent. Uh, it was an opportunity for him to kind of leave Canada, leave the cold. A lot of us that live up here in Canada and have to go through these cold winters, uh, the opportunity of kind of escaping is super appealing. That's why we have a whole population of snowbirds that tend to kind of migrate down to the southern states or other parts of Mexico and, and the world that are warmer. Now, Chris had this opportunity to buy a bar down there, leaped on the opportunity after kind of going through the business side of it. He's just naturally been drawn to business and commerce. That's He knew that that was his calling way back in high school when we had met. And now he's sitting down in Honduras. Uh, he recognizes that he had been basically sold a business that wasn't the business that they were they were promoting. And yeah, Chris, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> well, uh, so all week I've been wanting to know the rest of the story. So you kind of left off there that you had sold your alcohol and everything off to uh, your neighboring bar and, and uh, you left enough money for your business partner to kind of do whatever he needed to do to get out of there. And you took off. You, you went back. <laughs> right away yeah yeah so yeah i think where i left off yeah i i had pretty much i'd sold my sold my inventory off to a uh a neighboring bar at a at a big discount i might add but i needed the money and this had to happen basically overnight because my window of opportunity was really closing up quick and if i didn't and the thing with uh roatan they don't offer they might now but at the time they weren't offering daily flights i had my choice of about two different days so if i didn't if i didn't make the decision to leave basically the next day i would have had to have stayed at least another few days and that wouldn't have been a good thing so down there now was this low season like or was this during the tourist this season? was during tourist season i started so this is when everything should be wonderful right now yes we were probably coming close to the end of high season because when i got down there it was late January. High season should run till probably around May. Okay. So I was there fully in February and March. Now, and and there just there just wasn't the business there to to make ends meet. Like I I was I would have if I would have had to have paid rent where I w was living, as well as the rent to maintain my business. Plus I had to buy maintain inventory i had to pay staff and you have to pay your staff down there on a nightly basis plus i wasn't it's it's a funny it's a funny setup down there um if you 
when you start up a business, you don't have to have a numbered company. You don't have to pay taxes, so to speak. But the the local the local authority was aware that I was a new the new guy on the block, and they were going to be coming to me to remit taxes. Well, I didn't have tax money, so I had a number of things going the wrong way for me. Right. So, yes. Yeah, so I, I sold off my inventory. I got on a flight, and I changed my SIM card in my cell phone because I needed to be in contact with my family back in Canada to let them know I was on my way home versus the people that were going to be looking for me the very next day. That, that plane had left, and I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I was no longer on the island. So these people that were looking for you, what? Well, I, I, I switched my SIM card so I could talk to uh, my, my family, but I didn't want the, the people in Roatan to be uh, able to co- contact me either. Right. So I, I, I had two SIM cards. I, I switched my SIM card back to my, uh, my Honduran cell phone number. And I, when I landed in Houston, I had a, no word of a lie, I must have had about 30 or 40 texts and phone calls between the two of them from my partner, from all of my staff, from my real estate agent, and from the, uh, the landlord, who, who also was the, the gentleman that I had bought the business off of, him and, and a couple of other partners. Oh, interesting. I was... You know, my texts and phone calls ranged anywhere from where are you, what have you done, you better hope I don't find you, um, I was getting, you owe us money, so I, I was getting, I was getting everything under the sun, so I was, I was a little scared for a while, um, I got a phone call from my real estate agent saying what I did was worthy of going to jail, and you know, at the end of the day, I I had to explain my situation. I said, "What would you have done?" Mm-hmm. Oh, I had my partner came back to uh, to Canada. Um, so where, like, emotionally, where were you when oh, you're reading these? Well, I was down and out. I I uh, I had just gone from literally a business that was that had revenues of over a million dollars now. With that said, I you would think a, a business that does a million dollars a year in business would just be making money right. left and right. Not the case with lotto ticket sales. Right, it's, five cents on the dollar. It's enough to to make a living. Uh-huh. So I'd just gone from a million dollar business that I had built up from nothing because there was no business four years prior to that. I went from that, selling my business, having about $50,000 to my name to two months later literally having a thousand dollars in my pocket out of all of this so i i was down and out i i was dejected i was mad at myself i i i couldn't comprehend what had happened to me i couldn't comprehend how i allowed something like that to happen to me because i'm i'm a smart businessman i think i know how to do everything I think I did all my due diligence, and clearly I hadn't, but I was, I, I guess I, I was naive on that end. I, I bought a business that I turned into something, and now I've bought a business that I failed at. 
for whatever reason. And to this day, I am still paying the the price for that on the financial end of things. Um, Believe it or not, it takes year. Something like that can take, can affect you for, for, I could only associate it with like, so I've gone to school a couple of times and so I've got a couple of degrees and I remember coming out the, the student loan I had taken out with the government here, they gave you at the time, they gave you one option to pay back and that was going to be what you were locked into until your stuff was done. And I remember not having a job. So am I going to try and pay it off in a year or two? Well, not a chance. I have to stretch it out. And so it took 20 years to pay that off. And so the second time I went in for school, uh, I was so intimidated to go back and take out a loan like that, or not even a loan, but just go to the federal government and get their loan process that I went to the bank. And fortunately, the bank gave me a line of credit that I had the flexibility of paying back as I went. Yeah. Yeah. And and isn't that crazy that the the government of all, all people on a student loan are forcing you as a new as a new to the workforce person Mm -hmm. and well i remember sitting there calculating it out and recognizing that i paid over double what i should have for my education on that degree and and not that it was a waste and i don't look at it that way and it's a lot of mindset and like i know uh you just really have to kind of like own your thoughts and so my thought to that was that education was worth it because I'm still like, I'm this podcast is part of that education. I got to experience uh, how to use technology that allows me to edit and uh, allows me to explore my creative side and allows me to like have uh, the excitement and passion to go into like creating art and understanding the context in which it stands on a much broader level in time and space. That being said though, if you go into an art related job out of school, it's minimum wage. If you're lucky, most of the time it's create your own. Yeah. Yeah. You, re- you, you, you are your own best friend. Yeah. When you're an artist or a business owner, you, you do not rely on anybody else. And it's funny because I, I obviously think more on the artistic side and everything, but that's where you and I have so much in common because I, I'm starting to recognize now that like what I'm doing, I'm creating the product and now I've got to be the guy that sells the product. Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah, and you have to. It, and it, it's, it's, it can be mind-numbing. Yeah, and so this is really an interesting part for me because I, it's, a, it's difficult for me uh, as an art person at this time uh, to be comfortable in these, these valleys and these low points. And so you just come out of this miserable situation. You're sitting at the airport reading these horrible text messages, feeling like life can't get any worse. And yet as a friend, when I saw you, I wouldn't have guessed that you had that level of defeat and failure looming over you. I know you weren't happy, right? but I, and this is the part that so many of us do so well is we put on this incredible front. It's, it's showmanship sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and I'm not, you know, and, and I'm part of the reason I'm mad at myself is because I had to exit the way I did. I had to do a smoke and mirror show and leave. And that's not how I would typically do something. I would much rather have just said, look, it's not going to work here. 
um, here's what we need to do. I would have much rather been up front with everybody and say, I'm leaving. Um, you know, you, 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 you got what you got out of me and I'm heading home, yeah. but it just didn't work that way. So, and believe it or not, my, th it affected my personal life. Um, the mother of my children, she and I weren't together. For, it, it caused us to not be together for a couple of years. Um, so there was a lot of consequences of me needing to ex me needing to experience life cost me a lot of the last dec decade of my life. On now, with that said, here we are, you know, years later, seven years almost later, and I'm back with the mother of my children. Right. You were able, able to repair that relationship. We repaired our relationship. I, I've for the most part forgiven myself. Am I still mad that I allowed myself to squander, uh, for a lot of people, a once in a lifetime chance to have some financial stability? Yes. But I also look at it now as, okay, that was what I, and who I was then would I have done anything differently with with that money? I don't know, probably, but we don't know. Would I have been, if I wouldn't have done the the, the move down to the Caribbean um, and, and been happy with myself, if I would have never tried, I would be sitting here telling you right now that I squandered an opportunity. Right. Because yeah. now I wouldn't have known what that well, situation you, would, you have would have become. You would have lived on the whole sales pitch and you would have just kept that that momentum of that sales pitch you were given exactly. alive. I would have sold myself on an idea that I never completed. So I, I have to share this story with you because like you did the whole bartending thing down in the Caribbean. Yeah. And so my dad, and you know my dad very well. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, his favorite place to go is Barbados. So again, another Caribbean island, mm -hmm. beautiful place. To the point that when he was wanting to retire, and he still he still hasn't retired, but he keeps saying that the place he would like to retire is Barbados, and it's beautiful there, and I get it, and I can appreciate the fact that like this island life, and it's fascinating. It's so it's so far south to us that you would think that you would just be dying of heat, but it was consistently twenty eight degrees all the time. Yep, exactly. And that's that's what we don't understand being landlocked. Like up here, our temperature fluctuates 80 degrees throughout the year. So we're, we'll see days in the plus 40 degrees Celsius all the way to minus 40 degrees yeah. Celsius. Where down there, uh, you might see five, throughout the year... A five degree fluctuation and that's considered cold. Right, exactly. And that's, that's for the full year. You might see five degrees difference. And yeah. so my dad finally convinced me that I needed to take some time off work and I should really go with him to Barbados. And this was, uh, three years ago now and 2018. And I remember thinking, okay, I've always said that I want to, uh, spend some time with him. This is the perfect opportunity It all, like all the stars aligned and off we went. So we go down there and I remember, and I'm, I wasn't in a great spot. I was just really down on myself. And I, that's something I struggle is giving myself grace and allowing myself to forgive my choices. I I'm pretty hard on myself. Oh yeah. And so we show up there and my dad's, so my dad's name is Roger mm -hmm. 
And he keeps telling me about this pirate ship called the Jolly Roger. And he's like, we got to go. Like, we're going to book tickets. we got to go. Like, this, it's his favorite thing to do. And I'm like, well, fine. I just wanted to sit on the beach. Honestly, sit on the beach. Just soak in the sea. Swim with the turtles. Uh, like, I really just wasn't there. And food. Beach and food. I have those two things. I'm the happiest little clam you've ever seen. You're living the life. That's right. So... We're there, and I finally agreed. I think it was day three or day four that, yeah, sure, I'll join you on this pirate ship. And we get there, and my dad's like, well, you can jump in the water. Like, they'll go out to spots where you can swim and everything, and everyone's having a good time. But he said, insisted that we go up to the top deck. And at the top deck, some of the crew hadn't shown up, so they weren't going to open the bar up on the top deck. And once you bought tickets, you got free rum punch. And I don't know, did you have you ever experienced rum punch? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So rum punch, the first glass of it is quite the sugary treat. Yeah. By the time you're on glass three, you think you're gonna have a diabetic coma. And my dad drinks this stuff like it's water. <laughs> and he's yeah. he's up on deck and they've got it fully stocked, but they don't have anyone to bartend. And he wanted to be up on the top deck because he's a smoker. Nobody's coming up to serve drinks and he's getting kind of perturbed. Mm -hmm. He decides to help himself to go underneath the bar and stand back there. All of a sudden people were coming back and my dad kind of like when he's on vacation mode and he hasn't shaved, he's a little scruffier and he's got this pure snow white hair and yeah. it's, it's blowing in the wind. So it kind of looks like Keith Richards a bit Yeah, yeah. and he's incredibly tanned my dad's inherited his mom's italian skin he's standing back there everyone's like oh do you work here he goes what would you like and he knows the only thing that you can serve is rum punch because there's no other drinks up there yeah so he just pulls he pulls me aside he goes there's no glasses up here you need to go down and ask for cups so i'm like oh go down, I ask the crew if they've got cups for upstairs and they're like, well, there's no one up there. And I'm like, well, there's some crazy old guy standing up there <laughs> serving drinks. What? Right away, they run up there with the cups and my dad's just serving up drinks because he had just a few cups up there that he was still able to keep serving, but he knew, and my dad was a former bartender when he was in university. Yeah. So he mixes drinks very well. He's He knows the whole um, gamut there. They go, They jump in the back and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, it's just rum punch and I'm just serving it because no one's up here. We're all hot. And for us smokers, we would like to just stay up here because the stairs were basically a ladder. Uh, were really difficult for the older people to go. Well, my dad was having so much fun. He was like serving everyone. Everyone was having so much fun with him. And the the humorous part was the guy that came up there his name was jolly <laughs> jolly of the jolly roger well no, and, and jolly and roger yeah exactly <laughs> and so everyone then started thinking my dad was the owner of this pirate ship nice and so they were taking pictures with him and my dad's dancing with all the women up on the <laughs> top deck and oh. having a great time and i'm just like I'm laughing because I think it's the funniest thing to see how passionate and full of life he is. That's the, probably the one moment that will always stick with me is him dancing on that pirate ship, serving drinks. Like, And I said to my dad, I said, that, 
I could get behind. I, but it, anyway, I just uh, such an interesting experience. Uh, well, it's funny that you talk about funny and interesting experiences. In my short time down in Roatan, I, you know, as much as I was struggling with the finances, I had a blast some nights. I had, I had uh, this, I had this couple from Texas show up with their friends and the one probably the best the best night that i had business wise these guys were buying my premium rum on the shelf which was a florida Canya 18 year and i was i was selling it to them for for ten dollars us a shot oh wow so of course once once they get a few drinks in them and this is like your typical big big boy texan okay uh, he he was a, a military man mm-hmm so he was he was hoorah like he was just a li- living life kind of guy, and well you got to have shots with us. So now I'm <laughs> drinking my own premium rum, but he's buying it for me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> There's a c- cigar shop right next door to my my uh, bar, and I've and you know me I've never smoked a day in my life. Yeah. I still have never put a cigarette in my mouth. You're better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I smoked an entire Cohiba that night. Yeah. So I've got a picture for proof of it. My eyes are bloodshot because I've never smoked <laughs> in my life. And it actually made me ill overnight because I, it was good at the, in the moment, but you don't want to wake up the next morning with the flavor of, of a full Cohiba in your mouth. <laughs> um, another night, you know, you were talking about your dad having, uh, uh, being a bartender and dancing on the table. Well, and this is something I would never do again because I'm a fairly reserved guy. Yeah, anyone that meet, anyone that meets you knows that you're like, conservative. I'm very conservative. I'm I'm not. I'm an introvert for the most part. Yeah, you're, you're kind of the mastermind behind the show. Yeah, yeah, the brains behind yeah, the brawn, exactly. if you will. <laughs> exactly. Um, here's me. I found myself. Uh, there was a group from I still remember from Washington D.C. group of girl college girls come and. I was hosting a barbecue. I one of my staff was good at, at making hamburgers, so we had a barbecue, and he was we were serving food. And this this group of girls come, and you know, good looking girls, all that, and they're talking to me throughout the night. And they came back later in the evening to have drinks. And here's me, never, I would never go to onto a dance floor even with my wife. <laughs> here's me dancing on my own bar with this blonde-haired college girl (laughs) (laughs) way to go (laughs) oh and 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 in the back of my mind i'm thinking well what am i doing nobody's going to but nobody's going to see this and everyone thinks i'm just i'm just like this this wonderful uh laid back love and life bar owner in the caribbean well i i i would never have acted but i'm pretty certain that all i would have had to tell this girl stay down here with me and she would have but <laughs> it's just crazy some of the uh the things that happen well, when you're not when you're willing to allow yourself to to in love life right well and i was just gonna say like i remember going through some of my really intense schooling and stuff having days where you just go to a party and like normally i'm not a <laughs> partier myself and then all of a sudden it would be the the first 
the first drink was enough to just kind of like drop the edge off of everything. Yeah. And then everyone, it was, it's the right combination of people. It's the right circumstances in life that all kind of just surround it. Next thing you know, you feel safe enough to let go. And then, then the journey really begins. And, um, and, but there's a fine line with it too, because like, it's pretty easy to get keep getting caught up because things are getting more interesting and exciting and you just it's like what's next what's next what's next and if you don't have the the intuition to kind of put the brakes on it at some point you're going to end up in a real train wreck by the end of that night yeah absolutely you you t- you, you mentioning that your dad drinking the rum punch like it's water when i got home from my flight coming back my brother picked me up at the calgary airport first thing he asked me to do is take my hat off so he could see how tan i was because as you know i have no hair yeah and i was pretty tan i i didn't see it but he saw it right away the second thing he said is what have you been doing down there he says you reek of rum oh really because that's all you do the down there and when you own a bar in the caribbean and you have free reign to have beer and rum and coke that's what you do somebody shows up they want to buy you a drink so right. you spend a lot of time in your own bar drinking your own rum <laughs> and when i it took took a couple of days for that to to go away because i was i was enjoy, i was trying to enjoy life but it i it didn't it didn't happen that way but at the end of the day here i am 7 years later I went through a few jobs. I ended up back up, back in a furniture sales position. So I am now selling furniture again. Honestly, I might add, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to pull any uh, wool over. Well, this is this is the part that I find that I'm struggling with a lot is when you when you get to see something done well, and there's a process, and there's checkpoints and mentorship going on and things are done well and correctly it's so easy to get behind it because i remember you and i selling furniture together at one point yes yeah and and i really struggled with it because i knew the quality of some of that furniture being produced wasn't good for this environment no and the the furniture if you would have gone to a more humid climate may have stood up better but in a semi-arid desert where we live that wood becomes so brittle and and things are unfortunately poorly put together that i couldn't sell and that that was where my struggle was and i remember talking to you at the time that i really struggle with selling things i don't have like actually want to get behind you need to believe in what you're what you're selling yes exactly confidence is key in in salesmanship if you don't believe in it it'll never work things aren't things aren't that bad in life um i've got a i've got a a decent job i've got a great boss i work for uh, an independently owned family business of almost 50 years my boss is working his way out, and I think he's pretty much uh, letting letting his business be run by his workers like myself. So yeah. I'm getting to help. I, I wouldn't say I am running it for him, but I'm definitely a big part of. But see, this is it. I think this is the step that 
allows for success to happen because you've got someone that's already in place that has established something and now you got to work the ground level you did really well and you still are doing incredibly well on that ground level aspect but you're now naturally being drawn up into more of the managerial ownership type of roles right and that to me makes a lot of sense when you kind of do that grassroots kind of draw up to the top yeah but so many big corporations now are like they look so much towards the piece of paper you have and not your actual commitment from the the ground level to the top well and that's one of the things when i when i asked for a job where i work now um when you know i didn't have to put a resume in he he could see i was a mature adult he asked me for some work history what i'm all about and he took this experience with me uh being in the honduras he thought that was he thought that was crazy but he thought he's never known anybody else who's even given that sort of thing a try right he said everybody knows somebody that's that's talked about it yeah that's where we you and i end up being two friends that not only just talk about it we actually have we stepped up and done it we have stepped up to the plate and and whether it was a good bad or indifferent result well we're just back to the drawing board we're back to the drawing board here in good old medicine hat yeah but (laughs) i often say so many people get down on medicine hat and i know uh it's not the right way to look at it i i think of it very much this is our training ground and if we can make it here and plan ourselves properly here we'll be able to make it elsewhere because this is believe it or not uh, for anybody who has never been here or heard of this place it's a nice city but it's it's a it's an incredibly tough city to make a go of things because and that's a lot of there's a lot of reasoning behind that economics where we're located but we we know we understand being here that it's an incredibly tough place to find business success but if you can if you can do it or you you're you're game to go and do anything you want yeah well i think honestly any place that's kind of a desert is some of the toughest places in the world to be yeah because what what do you have around we're not in a touristy area no mind you we've got some features which are nice but um it's it's for like it's not what we depend if we had to depend on tourism here we don't have a six-month tourist season no we might have three We're, we're not a destination put location right that's i guess the best way to put it i feel like we could go completely on how we could have a business strategy plan here on on this thing and it's i I don't have the energy or the interest in to go in that direction no no (laughs) i i've got a lot uh well we both have a lot going on um i now now what i do is i i uh i buy sell and trade old uh, old coins and paper money i know i find that fascinating and you know what i it's it's a hobby but it's a hobby that i'm making money at doing right and, and i enjoy doing it it's an art form too like that's why some of this coinage is so desirable because of the how rare it is and the condition it is and well yeah and and there's a lot of salesmanship in it uh you know, there's there's a lot of factors. So you, you're typically dealing already with people who know what you're talking about. So, but on the other hand, you have to still, I still have to convince you. If you know as much, if you know what I know, I still have to convince you to, 
to uh, pay me for my item. Right. Yeah. And salesmanship, we, we at the end of the day, we are all salesmen in no matter what we do in life. We're, we're, we're but, all, but it's recognizing it though. Exactly. We're, yeah. we, we are constantly trying to sell ourselves and our circle of friends and family on us and what we do. And they're doing the same thing with us too. Yeah. So, um, just, yeah, you just gotta, you gotta find what, what you're passionate about and, uh, and build on it. And, and salesmanship really isn't that hard and, and being a business owner isn't that hard if if you like what you're doing and you can build and you're and you recognize that you can build you you're always learning yeah you 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 never never pretend that you know it all okay so i can't believe we're already to the end of another episode uh I, quick rattling of the chain last week we did it at the very beginning this week i was wondering do you have anything that you'd want to collaborate on I'd I'd love to show you uh, I'd love to show you my world of uh, of uh, coin collecting. Let's do it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a fun hobby. Um, I, I if it was something that uh, that you picked up on, I, I think uh, I think we could have some real fun doing it. You get to you get to travel to shows. You get to meet all sorts of interesting people. Um, I just want to see it. I, I actually yeah. want to just see you do a pitch. Yeah, sell I'll, me a coin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring one over next time. Okay. Uh, and my, I, I've got uh, an ask of you, and it basically is a continuation of last week. Was uh, right now I'm kind of in the infant stages of getting my own business going, and I feel that I need to practice that whole pitching part of it. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd love to help you with that. I can, I mean. I'm no expert, but I'll tell you what I, I can. I'd, I'd certainly be happy to uh, include you on on what I've the knowledge I've acquired over the last. Well, I've, just I've having ins- a sounding board to be able to bounce ideas off. That's yeah. I mean, I can't believe I've been doing. I've been selling since I was 16 years old already. <laughs> That's I, crazy. Actually, if you go back further, it's it's older. If you if, longer, if you count an, uh, a newspaper route, I had building up a newspaper route. But yeah. Over over uh, twenty twenty. You're the years. second person I've had on this podcast that worked for the Medicine Hat News Service. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, anyway, I I'm gonna have to end it. I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, I want you back though. Sure, anytime. Cool, everyone. That has been confidence is key. I'm Reese Seven signing out. Jennings. Stand by.